Anna Aiken is the creator of Daring to Believe, a platform for women to share their stories with an emphasis on embracing authenticity and avoiding perfection. The goal is to give women permission to be themselves, raw and true to life while reflecting the redemption that is in every story and celebrating how God makes us whole. This includes women of all ethnicities, shapes, and histories. Thank you for joining Daring to Believe. I'm your host, Anna Aiken, and it has been a while, Daring to Believe family. And I am so excited to bring to you Cece Manning. Uh, she is a wonderful friend, uh, a wife to Pastor Thomas Manning, and a mom to some children who are just growing by leaps and bounds, and she finally got her girl. Um, and I just can't wait for you to hear her story. Hi, Cece. Hi, Anna. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to hear uh, what God has placed upon your heart. Um, but before we launch into that, why don't you share with our family a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I would love to. Um, like you said, I'm married to Thomas, and he and I have been uh, married for, since 2009. And so we have four children. We are currently living in Cherry Tree, PA, which is, I'm, most people don't have any idea where that is, <laughs> but um, it's in, it's basically central west Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. uh, and we just moved here. So we've only been here about eight months because God put a call on our hearts to come to a new church and a new, uh, new leadership role. So we are at Kinport Assembly of God now in Cherry Tree, and it has been an amazing, busy, <laughs> crazy eight months. <laughs> yeah. I love so your here with our four kids. I love your church. So. I love what I saw on your marquee. It said something like, um, "Everyone needs someone to believe in them." That is just that's you guys. You know, you guys just believe in everybody. You guys, every time I see you, you have big smiles. I don't know what's happening internally, but externally, <laughs> <laughs> you welcome everybody with open arms and that warm smile. I love it. We we really do. And you know, I think so much of that just comes from the Lord. It comes through prayer. It comes through really living out your calling, mm -hmm. you know, that you are doing what God has asked you to do. And there's so much joy in that. Yeah. Um, and that just is something we just love people. We love what we're doing. So I think that's where that comes from. Yeah. And that's that's true. That's you guys. I mean, just so genuine and intentional. Um, exactly what you just said. And, you know, Kinport, when my family and I visited, there's just a sweetness there. Right? The people were just so um, sweet. They're, they're just so hospitable. Um, and I love the area. I just, when you're going through that, what is it like that driveway and there's just trees on either side of you. And then you come out to this vast opening. I felt like I was in Chronicles of Narnia or something like that. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> passage, really. Yes, I loved it. And you had your ducks, right? Oh, so cute. Yeah. We got here and, you know, it's it's much more country. We were living north of Pittsburgh before this. And, you know, a lot of people here have all kinds of animals and livestock. And so we said, well, we've got to try this. So we've had chickens and ducks. Yeah. And it's been a learning adventure, but we're getting tons of fresh eggs every day, which is really, really delicious. That's so, so cool. Yeah, lots of new things here. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, um... Cece, I can't wait to hear what the Holy Spirit has deposited into your heart today to share with our family. Did you want to launch into that? Yeah, sure. 
I, uh, I've been praying and praying because, you know, we've had, I'm getting to that point in my life where it's like, I have all the stories, you know, there's Mm -hmm. been so many things that we've been through, but, um, I keep coming back to one word and, um, you know, as we're getting ready for the holiday season, something that I start to do as we get to December is I start to pray about what's to come, you know, just asking the Lord, you know, where do you want my heart to be? Where do you want um, my family to be focusing in this coming year? And sometimes when I pray about that, God will give me a word. And it's a word I stand on for that year. Um, Something unique that's been happening for me is that for these past two years, I've had the same word, which has never happened before. (laughs) But um, back in 2019, uh, as I was praying that same prayer, uh, God gave me the word identity. Mm. And I thought, well, that's that's unique. Um, I'm, I'm really great with who I am. I'm great with who our family is and what we're doing in ministry. Uh, at the time, I was working at the Western Pennsylvania School for Blind Children. I was a, a technology specialist there. And um, everything was great. And I thought, well, why do I need the word identity? I know who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't know is that in that coming year and then the year following, everything would change. Mm-hmm. And um, as as we think about our story over this last couple of years, and, and I mean, we, I mean, Thomas and myself, we think, gosh, God has been so faithful. And I keep coming back to that word that he gave me that who I am in Christ is, is the one constant in my life in these past two years. Um, sometimes that's our only constant in life, you know? Yes, good. Um, but as I think back to that word when he gave it to me, uh, I was working, like I said, working full time. I was a teacher. I loved it. Um, but then God started to stir in our lives. And um, I had uh, our daughter. I became pregnant with our, our little girl, Madeline. Mm-hmm. And um, we were just so excited because we have three boys. And then she was our precious little girl. And she was totally an answer to prayer. Uh, we really didn't plan on having more children, but God just laid it so heavy on our hearts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I became pregnant with her. And then as 2019 was coming to a close, I felt God say that it was time for me to go mm-hmm. from my job. And I thought, no way, like, no, this is, this is a great job. I've got a great salary. I have great benefits. I carried the benefits for our family. Mm -hmm. And uh, God said, but it's time. And I had the opportunity after Madeline was born uh, to step away from that job, which was pretty tricky. It was hard to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I resigned and God opened up a doorway for me to step in uh, with some really close friends of mine at the Southeast Asia Prayer Center and step into missions full time. And um, that was such a huge answer to prayer. Uh, I had no idea that that would even be an opportunity that I would have. But, you know, I just stayed faithful. And I said, God, where you need me, I want to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I got all geared up. I joined the Southeast Asia Prayer Center. And my um, mission there was to start a school for blind children in India. Wow. Um, a, a project I had started a few years earlier, and I never thought that that would become my full focus. You know, I was I was good. I had my had my life. I had my kids. You know, we were doing everything great. We had a great church. And uh, then God said, no, I want you to do more. And so I stepped out and uh, I got things started. We were going to go to India about four times that year. And that was the year 2020. <laughs> um, 
and we we all know how that year went. Um, you know, so starting in March, the the shutdowns due to the virus began, and um, everything was canceled, and it became this incredible year of really relying on my identity in Jesus Christ, mm. <laughs> because I had to step back away from everything we were doing, and just say that no matter what, as things get canceled and changed, and unfortunately we started to see people we loved become sick and even pass away, we had to just be able to stand on knowing who we were in God, you mm-hmm. know? And so um, as everything got canceled and everything changed, um, we were able to just press it in prayer. We had so much more time to devote to reading in the Bible, to praying mm-hmm. together. And then that's when God started to stir Thomas that it was time to look for a new assignment uh, and he was being called to become a lead pastor mm-hmm. and so again everything just started to shift and change and I kept coming back to that word that God gave me in the beginning of 2019 identity and remembering who I was and remembering what my calling was even though it seems like every day that was up for debate you know right, right. <laughs> um, so as things began to change there I kept coming back to that word God, when you gave me a word, you really meant it. (laughs) This wasn't going to be just a little bit like, don't forget, you're my daughter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's so important. But Mm -hmm. this became everything changing. You know, the the one constant was just our core family. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we were all just kind of diving into this all together. But everything else around us basically felt like it was changing and, and fluctuating. Uh, so then we got this calling to come to uh, Kinford Assembly, and so we—that's how we got here. That's and amazing. Uh, it took oh, so much patience and so much time for us to just stick it out and be faithful and know that God had a plan for us. Uh, that in the middle of the pandemic, that it was okay to make changes and to mm. <laughs> to step out of your comfort zone. So uh, I'm so glad we did because that's how we came here. And um, you know, as I look back and I reflect on on the wonderful job I had at the school, and then the job I took at the Southeast Asia Prayer Center, I just I know in my heart if God hadn't led me through the timing of each of those things, mm-hmm. I don't know that we would have made it here. I don't I don't know that I would have been okay with coming here. I definitely couldn't take the commute. Uh, to Pittsburgh to the school anymore, right. and um, but I was in a position where I could say, you know what, let's let's do this. This is what God is saying. This is where we need to go, and and we were in the position to do that because of that faithful journey of just saying, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. Yeah, God, I trust you. Can I pause? So here you? we are. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's uh, when you were speaking. I'm writing words that were popcorning in my mind and in my spirit. And wow, I I hear boldness. I hear obedience. um, I hear inner strength, you know, like this inner strength that only comes from walking it out. You know, it's not something that you read and you're like, okay, yeah, I have inner strength. I mean, I, I hear this like risk, like, how you said in the very beginning in 2019, you let go of this position, whereas full-time, you had benefits, you were pregnant with Madeline. So that's a lot of, like, for all of us, we wrestle with that. Should I, you know, in the external sense, it seems like 
no, I shouldn't, you know, (laughs) I I, I shouldn't because that wouldn't be wise, but God doesn't uh, say that he's going to lay everything out. He only calls us to the assignment that he calls us to be obedient and, and you were. And then I hear like, you know, this, when you start working for Southeast Asia, right. Prayer center. Um, and how you wanted to, you know, start a, a school for the blind. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you that I want to dig a little deeper. Sure. Um, you know, your heart for the blind, where did that come from? You know, because we're, actually we're all blind, right? In a sense where we feel like we think we know what we're doing and we're, we're doing uh, our lives the way we think we should, but sure. without Jesus, we are truly just, you know, blind. Just, but I want to know that you have this heart and this passion just to reach those who can't truly see. Where does that stem from? Where does that come from, Cece? You know, I ended up. In, I was in my twenties, and I was at that point where I'm starting to take life a little more seriously. I'm thinking long term, mm-hmm. thinking career. And my mom actually had been in special education. She was, she's a physical therapist Mm -hmm. and she had been in special education uh, for her whole career. And she had suggested when I said, you know, I really like to teach. Uh, I really like to, you know, work with kids. What should I do with that? You know? And so I actually did a bunch of observations with some different professionals Mm -hmm. within the special education realm. And I, I did an observation with a very good friend of my mom. Her name's Karen. And she was a teacher of the blind and visually impaired. And the observation that I did with her, it just like lit a fire in my soul. Mm. And I just said, this is something I could do. And I I had this, this confidence like that is, that is unique. That is needed. There are people I am sure all over the world who are in need of somebody who can help them um, get to what they need to get to, to learn the things that they need to learn despite the fact that they can't see. Right. Uh, so that started there, and I, I ended up going to the University of Pittsburgh for my master's in education, and I specialized in teaching the blind. Wow. And uh, it, it just took off from there, and I, I immediately fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. I loved everything about the field. I just and I, I don't know if it's because I'm just a super visual learner yeah. that helping, helping the visual world come to life for somebody who can't see what's around them I maybe that's it. something there but uh, just learning braille and learning the technology for the blind how they can access a full computer without being able to see it uh, just everything about it just sparks inside of me so having the opportunity to bring that passion and that love into the mission field mm. oh, like it was like it was a combining of two wonderful world worlds together for me when I had the opportunity to do that and uh, if I hadn't been at the School for Blind Children, I would not have made the connection I made with the Southeast Asia Prayer Center, who were on their own, separately working on this project with the blind in uh, Kashmir, which is in far north India. Right. They came to the school for a tour, and I happened to meet them. And I, <laughs> I it was like fireworks went off in my spirit. You know, they came in, and they were going to be doing this project for the blind in India. And I... I just wept that night. I thought, I can't believe I just met people who are doing the work that I've always dreamed of. Oh. Um, and I had no idea I'd end up working with them. Um, 
but now it's it's a different kind of burden now because of the pandemic uh, a lot of the plans have fallen through mm. uh, the timeline was disrupted so now it's standing in faith and patience that we will get back there and get the work done because everything just got put on hold and so now now we wait yeah. um now we wait but you know we're heading to nepal actually in january oh okay. and there is a community of blind people there mm-hmm. and i am beside myself excited to get there and to meet them and just see how can we meet your needs you know what what are your needs i've heard they've had they have some bibles in braille mm-hmm. um, but other than that i don't think they have a whole lot of resources so i'm just looking forward to getting there loving on them uh, sharing my faith and my story with them and um, hopefully we can help them meet some needs too that's amazing so i just want to correct myself i said asia but you're going to india um so i apologize for that that i didn't i didn't pick up on that but what i love what you're doing right now because we were supposed to record on wednesday um and we had scheduled this like way in advance right um like what was it like a month or two ago just because of my schedule being so crazy now you're you're leading small groups for women and you're you're peeling back layers I would say right helping them to see who they are in Christ so yeah I really hope so uh as we came to the church here you know the the women's ministry at our church here has been through a lot of changes Mm -hmm. um our the former pastor here pastor Chris Massey uh, he had that up and running. His wife helped with it. You know, there were some other people who have led the ministry over the years, but unfortunately it's kind of dwindled. Mm-hmm. And when we came, you know, Pastor Thomas and I said, gosh, women's ministry is so important. It's so vital uh, for the women in the church. You know, there are so many women who are struggling with identity, yeah. who are struggling with the burdens of being mom, being professional, being homemaker. Um, and so many other things. So for me, having some having a healthy women's ministry is really important to the core of the church. And so I struggled with that for a little while. You know, like I said, we've been here about eight months. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to take time to get to know everyone here, get to know where the needs were. Mm-hmm. And God kept putting this book on my heart that I've had. I've had it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I did that thing where you have a lot of books and you start it and it's (laughs) wonderful and it's groundbreaking and then you get distracted and then you don't finish it. And now that I look back, I think, no, it wasn't the right timing. Yeah. And he kept putting this on my heart as I was thinking about, well, I want to start a Bible study. I want to get the women together. How do I do this? And that book just kept coming back, kept coming back. And so I said, that must be the book that I'm supposed to pull from. So uh, my ladies and I are studying Discovering Joy in Philippians, and oh, it is already perfect timing. Um, it's a really creative-based mm-hmm. Bible study, so it encourages all kinds of creative ways of interacting with the Word, with music, with worship, with coloring and drawing. Oh. Um, so we are just, we're having a blast, and we're just getting to know each other. And mm-hmm. I think it's just so important to get in the Word together with other women. I love it. I mean, here was a CC for those of you who um, haven't met CC. She used to be quiet from what I saw, right? Uh, just, oh, whatever you need, let me help. To now this bold woman who has always had a heart and passion for others, but is really stepping into her own ministry 
and God has just placed these burdens on your heart. And I just love it that it's moving you. Um, and, and having a daughter, I'm sure, adds to that. I'm sure that you look at Madeline and think to yourself, I would want this for her. So it's like a different eyes, you know, that you're looking through a different lens. Um, how? Tell me a little bit about that. Like, how is it being uh, a mom to a, a young girl growing up in this, you know, day and age where identity is now like blown out because of social media? Like, how does that affect how you interact? I know that's a big long Honestly, question. <laughs> it's it's kind of nerve wracking, you know. I mean. I look at parents who currently have teenage girls and I think, oh, no way. We're not, <laughs> we're not going to survive those years, you know, but um, it takes one day at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, having a little girl has definitely been different than having little boys. We have three boys now. They're 12, uh, almost 10 and six. Mm. And bodyguards are- for Madeline, huh? <laughs> you have no idea. I mean, they really are. They're protective of her. They'll swoop in and grab her, and they. Uh, she loves to follow them everywhere where they are. She wants to be, uh, but you know, it, it is different. And uh, oh gosh, I just love her so much. You know, I love mm. all of them, but yeah. uh, there's something about a bond with a little girl that's a little bit different than with the boys. Um, and you know, I think Pastor Thomas would say the same thing. He, we both feel very protective of her. But we want to just honor God with this gift, uh, care for her, and raise her just to know Jesus. Like that is our one goal. It's, it's the same with all of our kids. Yeah. Our one goal is that they know and have a relationship with Jesus. That's so good. Uh, because there's so much out there. there. There's so many things that just break my heart as far as what I see kids go through. Um, I don't do a whole lot in kids ministry. I I have a little bit here and there that I do with kids men, but um, as I see some of these stories from these kids, I think if the one thing I could do right is just be there, be there to to guide them and to help them along their journey and help them know who they are in Jesus first and then in the Lord. That's good. That's good. It is. It is scary, but though you know, yeah. it's just when I think about the years to come, it it's really easy to get caught up in fear, mm-hmm. uh, in in doubt that I can do this, that we can raise these kids to be to be safe and to protect them from some of the stuff that's out there. Especially this past couple of years, it's kind yeah. of scary. Yeah, I, I agree. Each and every day, it's pray over them, pray over them, pray over them, and just cherish these moments because it goes so fast (laughs) well i i love how you had laid out these three i would say momentous uh changes in your life you know where um like you said in 2019 you left the western school for the blind and then you started another job and then you left that job at the prayer center to become um you know pastors at Kinport, what would you say? Because those are, are taking risks for God, you know? It's like the Noah. You know, Noah's yeah. building his ark, and people are like, what are you doing? And I'm sure people were questioning you, like, what are you doing? Um, what would you say to that young lady or um, that young man um, that might be thinking of doing this, taking this risk for God? But other people are saying, what are you doing? You know, 
what word of advice, since you have gone through this, um, what would you say to that person? Anna, you're so right. And that's that's one of the hardest things I think we face as Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we are true believers and we believe that that God and the Holy Spirit are working together to guide us and to bring us uh, to our fulfillment of who we are and what we are here to do and accomplish, that there are so many people who will stand in their way, who, you know, I had a friend who said, you know, everyone else has the best plan for your life, um, <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily line up with anything that God is actually doing in your heart, you know? Yeah. And so um, as I walked through that, you know, first of all, I wouldn't recommend uh, just walking away from a really good thing, mm-hmm. but when God is laying something in your heart, when he's stirring in your heart, press in, mm-hmm. listen to God. Ask God to direct you and and to stay beside you as you take each step because um, it's scary. It's yeah. it's difficult when you have people, you know. Especially when I left the school, you know, I had tons of support. I had a lot of great friends there, and there were some people that said, "You are crazy," mm. <laughs> and I knew I knew in a worldly sense, yes, yes, this is crazy. I, you know, to to walk away from a good thing that worldly definition of what is a career mm. what is uh, a, a lifetime of working one job building up your pension retiring at 65 you know what does that look like versus what is God asking me to do while I'm here mm-hmm. and do those things meet are, are they in tune with one another um, and for me it was a no as much as I loved that job, as much as I, I could have stayed, I could have worked all the way to retirement there. It's a great job. Yeah. But God just kept stirring in my heart, like, this isn't it. This mm. isn't it. Just be patient. Trust me. Um, as I prayed, I, I just kept coming back to um, Isaiah forty three nineteen, And I actually had, uh, I made a little card just to keep at my desk. And I had one <laughs> tucked in my Bible. I kind of had them everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but it was that. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now yes. it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And for me, on that journey, you know, uh, my husband had already stepped into full-time ministry. And I saw things in him, in his heart, and his spirit just change as he stepped into that calling. He wow. really just blossomed into such a unique person. And, and I could tell that he was doing exactly what he was called to do. And mm. as I looked at that, I said, I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I have gotten to that point where I am doing what God really has planned for me. I'm where I'm supposed to be right now, but I'm not there yet, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I just, I had to pray and it took a few years. You know, this, this wasn't something that was just out of the blue. He said, okay, quit your job. And I went, (laughs) Um, it it was a few years of praying and saying, "I, I think I can see what you're doing, but I can't quite see it clearly. There are so many factors. We have kids. We we need the health benefits. We have uh, questions about finances. And mm-hmm. if I step away, what does that look like for our family? And um, you know, the biggest thing we could do is pray together, to yeah. seek God. Every opportunity we had for like a, a worship night or a soak night where we could just go and pray and worship, uh, we took. We, we, yeah. we went above and beyond to find every opportunity to just for corporate prayer, for individual prayer. I just kept hearing from God and saying, okay, okay, one step at a time. Mm. Uh, but don't don't lose sight of the way God has made you, you know. What, That's what good. has God given you that 
you are so passionate about that you couldn't live without him, mm. you know? And, and there's so many things that God skills us to do. We're skilled at things, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that that's exactly what he wants you to be doing. You know, I, I've had opportunities where I could apply for a position and I think I would be very good at that. I, I feel like that's something I could do, but mm. God very clearly said, no, <laughs> that's yeah. not what I've asked you to do at all. I know that that answers a need financially. I know that that might offer some opportunity to meet some new people or to, to fill a need in an organization, but that's not where I want you to be. Wow. And then when you do find the right thing, you get that go ahead from God and you just, the peace with mm-hmm. that is profound. So, you know, it's that, it's removing some of those distractions. We're so easily distracted as people. Yeah. That's so good. I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. I could do that. <laughs> but, but what does God want? <laughs> I'm like that. I, I feel like I have at times ADHD. I'm like, oh, I could do this. I, I drive my I husband this. crazy. <laughs> Um, but you have said so much, uh, like just, it's a wealth of information. It's so rich. Um, and I want to just repeat everything that I heard you say. And so, you know, because this, this type of decision is something that I've heard people question all the time, you know, even with my older kids, um, or just people that I talk to, it's like, well, how do I know? How do I know if I should like go be of this position or move towards this, you know, it's, it's so hard. It's so challenging because God doesn't call us to be complacent, right? He, it does require us to move, to pick up our mat and move (laughs) because we can't grow unless we, you know, are willing to stretch ourselves. But I love what you said. And I, and I just want to repeat what you said. Um, It's one, you know, obviously pray about it. And like you had mentioned it was several years. It wasn't like an overnight, okay, I'm going to do it. Um, (laughs) So I'm just praying that the person that's listening to this and it's really speaking to them that Cece did not do this overnight. (laughs) Right. And it was you and Pastor Thomas leaning in, listening to God, um, going to worship, really just, you know, leaning in, soaking in, to worship. I mean, this was a prayerful decision um, in all of these different decisions that you all had to make. Um, and then also remembering that it's God who calls you um, and not man who calls you. Um, I, I just read, this is this is so ironic, uh, Cece. I picked up this journal that I haven't picked up in a long time because I was like, okay, I'm going to when Cece's talking, I'm going to write some notes down that I hear God wants me to say. And uh, I only wrote like, I don't know, 10 pages in this journal. I was like, oh, where have you been, journal? Because <laughs> I'm working on a different journal. See, I, I have like ADHD. But I uh, found this one and Havila Cunnington, she's a, a Christian speaker, said that her dad once said to her, you have to decide who called you. Was it man who called you or was it God who called you? Because she was so distraught by a, um, a a pastor, a male pastor, who just said to her at a very young age, like, you're one of the worst speakers I've ever heard. And yeah. first of all, that's horrible. <laughs> she was young, you know, encouraged her. And basically, you know, it, it, she felt so discouraged 
um, by that remark. And her father then challenged her, well, you have to decide who called you. Was it man or was it God? And I loved how you shared your stories that it was, you know, yeah, you could have allowed man to dictate your story, right? What other people told you to do. But you determined in your heart, you and Pastor Thomas, that it was God calling you, God calling you out of things that could tie us down, like the you know, the salary, you know, being full time and, and the benefits and things like that. And that's taking risks for the Lord. So I just I just want to commend you. It's such an inspiration to hear your story um, and to hear you grow. I, it's just... <laughs> You're such a natural, Cece, I'm just going to say. Um, just remembering the time that you and I did Ignite together. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> it was so much fun to now just embracing and owning this ministry that God has blessed you with and how you are speaking life into these women um, and to families Um, You know, it's sad to hear that, you know, the women's ministry was dwindling down, but you revitalized it because God put that burden on your heart and you were obedient to that. And that's amazing. What is next for you um, personally? Um, What do you feel like God's calling you to just focus in or hone in on? Yeah. And, you know, I spoke earlier about identity and the thing is with each of these changes it kind of feels like going back to the drawing board and as we transitioned out here to Kinport I was not able to continue to commute into Pittsburgh with the Southeast Asia Prayer Center so God was very clear with my heart you know I should clarify too is when God is speaking it's not always cut and dry it's not always a clear okay do this this and this and everything will be great wouldn't that be great though (laughs) I really wish that I really do but you know God is more subtle than that and it takes a little bit more uh, time patience and persistence to hear from him Mm -hmm. but uh, as we stepped out here that was the one time God spoke so clearly to my heart and he said it's time for you to leave Kinport needs you too um and I actually struggled. I struggled with that for several months because I, working is as a missionary, doing that work in India uh, to help the blind people there, it was that was a dream job for me. I mean, it was like a dream come true to take that job. And when God said, it's time to walk away, I was heartbroken. And it was even harder. That was even harder for me than leaving the, the teaching position. Uh, because I God didn't give me much clarity beyond that. It was just that it was going to be time to focus on Kinport. And I'm okay with that. But mm-hmm. it's it felt like going back to the drawing board about who I am and what is to come. Uh, what is it that I bring to this, to this position, to this role here at this church um, that God has uniquely designed me to fill um, rather than come in and, and just do what needs to be done. What, what am I uniquely skilled to be doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think it was uh, any sort of irony. I'm, I'm sure it was God's design that the two areas that the church needed most were uh, help with missions and help with women. Yeah. Uh, and those are, those are two areas that are certainly close to my heart. And uh, for now, 
my main goal is to continue to pray that we can get back out on mission trips, mm-hmm. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> but um, to grow this women's ministry and to, to care for the women in our church. But um, as I move forward, you know, I, I look at the big picture and I think, you know, is that enough? Is that, and that's where I go back to the worldly, you know, I, I'm, I'm not like the breadwinner of my home. I'm not out uh, every day working nine to five. I'm not uh, commuting to work anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Is that enough? You know, I keep coming back to that question, am I enough? Mm-hmm. Uh, and God has been so patient with me, honestly, as I could, as I continue to just question and say, God, am, am I doing it right? Am I mm-hmm. doing enough? Um, and he's He's reassured me and reassured me that, that everything each day, if I could just seek his face and if I could just do something each day to contribute to those two areas where he's asked me to focus, that that is more than enough. Mm, um, that's so and, and that's something that I have to just be, be okay with, you know, that right now I'm mom, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm getting the, the, I've got three kids who are in school and then Madeline is home with me and it feels like an incredible blessing to have her home with me. Um, you know, my boys were all in daycare. So, uh, this is the first time I've actually been able to have a toddler home with me. Um, and so it's just, I, I am trying to just love every minute and just soak up every beautiful moment I have with her. Uh, but I'm also available, you know, to, to help my husband, to come alongside him, to be a helpmate, uh, as opposed to in the past, it was, we're both working have enough money to have what we need to take care of our home Uh, and it's starting to look different and I'm just believing God that that this is all part of his plan not not my plan (laughs) that's beautiful what a beautiful gift God has given you and your family you know like you said uh, you weren't able to be there with your three boys and you know to be there with Madeline to slow down to I hear a number of my days, you know, and to be there for Thomas to help him as he leads a church and, you know, being away from, from Pittsburgh, which was a home. You're originally from Ambridge, right? Right. Um, yep. Yeah. So everything's different. And so if you were working full time, I feel like it would be a season that God would be stretching you. But at this time, it's like, he's preparing you for the next by just being still and Wow. And I love that question because I think we all ask ourselves that, am I enough? Is what I'm doing enough? It's it's a wrestling match that we have in our minds. It sure is. And I, I think so much of the world has created that, you know, that we're trying to live up to impossible standards. We yeah. have examples all over social media, the TV, uh, just everywhere we look, you know, it's it's an expectation that we can't live up to and it's it's completely worldly you know Mm -hmm. that you have to have a certain income you have to have a certain number of belongings a certain kind of house a certain kind of car there's just so many things that were kind of pushed in our faces every day everywhere we go yeah Yeah. Um, even getting groceries I feel like there's a lot of (laughs) stuff out there you need this you need this you need this I know (laughs) oh my goodness I'm That's telling you, I love that curbside uh, ordering because me too. <laughs> I don't have to go in. I, I have to see all the stuff <laughs> with your like. I don't know about your kids, but with my kids are with me. They're like, "Oh, look at this! Can we get this and this?" 
I'm like, ah. Yep. And I have some cart speakers where every time I turn to look at something, yeah. I've got somebody sneaking something into the cart <laughs> to say, whoa, guys, that wasn't on the list. <laughs> that wasn't on the list. Yeah, that's so funny. Well, Cece, do you feel like um, you have shared everything that the Holy Spirit has asked you to share with our audience today? Yeah, I do. I do. Thank you so much for the opportunity to do so. I just, this is such a sweet time to be able to talk about it and just reflect. It's a blessing to me to look back and just be able to see all the pieces as they line up. You know, it's like all the pieces are slowly fitting into the puzzle of my life, you know, and um, it's a blessing when you can look at that and say, look at all that God has done. Yeah. But God, right? But God. Yeah. Yeah. He filled it all in. Well, it's amazing for me to see you from beginning to now. Yeah. You know, it, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. To, to just see that again, I keep saying this tremendous growth and how you've just stepped in and embraced it, owned it. Um, it's like, yes, you are a helpmate to Pastor Thomas, but then you've, and, you know, a mom to your children, but then. You're also CC Nanny, who has said, okay, I know he's not only calling my husband and my family, but he has called me as well. And you have just completely embraced that. And I just see you just, you know, with your hands raised up with your, um, and open, just so open. And, and a lot of us want God, like we pray, this is so funny, because I just realized this, like, I'll say, you know, Lord, you know, move me, change me or whatever. And I, sometimes I don't even know what I'm asking because change means change, you know, <laughs> it's going to get rough. <laughs> it's very hard. Um, we just want the easy, the easy life. Right. And, sure. uh, but we, we don't great. grow from that. Yeah. <laughs> so next week is Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. I got to break out my maternity pants. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite food? <laughs> I love mashed potatoes. Do you? All right. That's something we don't have very often. And so that feels like one of those special treats. I don't know. I don't know why. We could have them more often, I guess. But it's like one of those special treats. But, you know, the other thing is I'm always responsible for bringing the same exact dish to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is usually hosted by my mom. Okay. Um, And it's called, don't laugh, but it's called Green Gook. Okay. G-O-O-K. And it's. (laughs) Uh, it's a recipe that my grandmother had when I was growing up and it has become such a deep tradition in my family that this dish must be present at Thanksgiving. I mean, everyone in the extended family knows about it. Like it's an expectation that I have to have this and it's just like a broccoli, rice, cheese, casserole. Oh, it sounds delicious. Um, It's delicious, but we only have it at Thanksgiving but it is mandatory at Thanksgiving. So <laughs> I've already got my ingredients. I'm ready to go. So I feel like Thanksgiving has arrived when I've got the ingredients there in my cupboard. That's um, great. That's great. Well, <laughs> that's at least you know that everybody likes it if they're demanding it, you know. Oh, yeah. Year it's after year. Nanny's green book, and it has to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you yeah. love best about Thanksgiving, Cece? You know, I I feel like Thanksgiving is probably my favorite as far as just family celebration because it is just about coming together about being thankful about just family mm-hmm. um, there's no in my from my perspective it's not about any kind of materialism it's yeah. not about 
um, what you bring to the table. It's just coming together mm. as we are, as a family, and just being thankful together. Um, I, I feel like the pressure is low. <laughs> the, the expectations are pretty medium to low, you know, I mean, except for the great food. Um, so it, it is one of my favorites because the stress isn't there for me, at least. Um, well, that's I great. I like it that way. So um, it really is one of my favorites. So just, I, I can already visualize all of our family around the table, great food, lots of laughs, um, low stress, low pressure. Um, I love it. It's one of my favorites. Oh, <laughs> I just love it. And, you know, I just want to say thank you to you and Pastor Thomas, you know, I, we've labeled one another pacers, <laughs> you know, like in a race, you always have a pacer. First of all, I don't run, but, um, <laughs> but we just said, you know, there's days where, or times moments when we're just like, okay, I think I'm just going to take a break. And you have that pacer right next to you. That's like, yeah. no, it's time to go. Um, and it's always just Holy spirit timing. Uh, when I would receive a text um, from the Manning family, and it's just amazing. Like only Holy Spirit knows. And you know, I'll get a text like, "Hey, what are you doing with Daring to Believe?" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I don't want to underestimate how important that is. You yeah. know, and that is hard to find. I feel like these days, yes. you know, that's hard. People are so busy. We all have so much going on, and we're all on different paths and different callings and but my goodness is that so needed um, yes. to just be able to be real and be honest and say I'm just struggling with it I, I just don't have a plan right now and to have yeah. somebody say well come up with one let's go you know yeah. it's so important I know it's hard to find but it really is important you're you're 100 correct I mean just to find someone that you could trust that um cares about you as a person and, and like what you just said about Thanksgiving, right? It doesn't matter what you bring to the table. It's like low stress, just enjoying and just, you know, being with family and friends. And I am grateful to you and Pastor Thomas because it is low stress with your family when I'm around um, or I'm connecting with um, the two of you. And it, it is a rare, rare thing to find people that you could just be yourself Um and not worry about, you know, am I enough? Like you were saying, you know, yeah. is we this is, that question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this, is this good? You know, cause you always feel like you have to be something for someone or do something for someone in order to feel accepted. And, uh, you both have been always so kind, like I said, so welcoming. Um, my family just enjoyed our time with your family just sitting around and just talking. Um, it was, it was great. So thank you. You'll have Cece. to come out soon. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. We want to definitely see not only your family, but your ducks. I mean, I still have the, the picture. I just couldn't, I just couldn't get over it. It was just so cute. <laughs> and they've definitely gotten bigger yeah. and a little plumper. Um, <laughs> and if you would like to give them a home, no. you know, I could arrange <laughs> I don't no, think we're allowed to have ducks here in Pittsburgh, are we? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, thank you, Cece. This was such a pleasure just to catch up with you and, you know, allow the Daring to Believe family to hear your story. You're an amazing young woman of God, and I am just so, so grateful for your friendship. Me too, Anna. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you. 
And thanks for joining Daring to Believe. I'm your host, Anna Aiken.